I'm Brian Kramer, coach of coaches and author of Human to Human. Today's guest on Leadtail TV is Cecile Therion, a global marketer and community builder. We chat with her about building a community of marketers, how B2B marketers should expand their thinking when it comes to marketing internationally, and why mentoring and lifting people up is so important to her. Let's get right into it. Here's my interview with Cecile. Cecile, we're so excited to have you here on Leadtail TV. How are you doing today? Really great. How about you? I'm doing wonderful, especially now that I get to spend some time with you. And we're, expi- we're I'm excited actually to chat about marketing, mentorship, and community. You and I have have a lot of passion in those areas. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> For anybody who's listening, we both just put our hands over our hearts. And if you're watching, you well, you saw what we did. Um, we are <laughs> we're here talking about those things, and it's super exciting to talk about that. But you also have a lot of experience in global roles. Um, it's interesting to see, like your background is um, is that you well, you've lived in three different continents and had global marketing responsibilities, scaling marketing programs in like Latin America and APAC and Europe. So I'm curious, why and when should marketers and, and companies uh, expand their programs to other regions? Yes, so it's a, it's a really good question. And uh, I'd say first thing first is you really need to have a product market fit. Uh, so whether you're a startup, big company, so that's to me the foundation to get started. And then once you have that, uh, think about the problems you try to solve. Are you trying to solve global problems? Uh, and if you're solving global problems, you might have a product or a platform that might uh, be of interest for customers, whether they are in your home market and globally. So let's take an example. I had the opportunity to work in transportation for many years in my career. And um, so in mobility solution, uh, problems around smart cities, urbanization, and when you think about it, when you help people, vehicle and goods move from point A to point B in the most efficient and safest way, uh, well, these are common challenges for all the biggest cities uh, in the world. So if you work in those kind of industry, uh, fintech, retail, technology, uh, transportation, and you have global problems to solve, then that might make sense to go uh, globally. Then the other thing to uh, take into account is uh, obviously if you have aggressive growth targets, at some point, you know, you double, uh, you know, your uh, revenue year over year. But at some point, your uh, target might be so aggressive that the market might not suffice. So then you have to say, well, I really need to go big. And the only way to go big is to go global. And what we're seeing is uh, successful companies, Salesforce.com, do 30% of their revenue outside the U.S., or the gigantic and just amazing snowflake IPO recently. 
they already are doing uh, some business outside the US and they have announced also in their filing that they're going to continue to invest massively domestically and internationally. So that would be, uh, you know, uh, things that I would uh, highlight. And of course, if you get a round of funding or if you get your leadership team serious about, uh, you know, going globally, then uh, if you have budget resources and uh, you can put those programs in place, then go for it. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I love go bold, go bold, <laughs> go big, yes. go bold. Um, such such great stuff there. Um, what about smaller startups or smaller companies, though? How should they be thinking about international strategy? Yes. So um, I'd say um, same thing I mentioned about the product market fit. You have seen resources, so you contact uh, your current organization by being, uh, you know, global and you can't spray and pray, right? So focus on your home market. I think that's really critical. And then look uh, for signals, traction, Okay, so this could be, um, for example, you get customer inquiries or, you know, people sign up for your products online without any interaction with your uh, startup and they use the product, right, Uh, uh, in other part of the world. And then also with marketing, with all the technology right now. Uh, look at the data. What does the data tell you? So look, you know, for your website, look at your Google Analytics, right? Where does the traffic come from? Do you see uh, people spending more time in specific pages, right? And on social media, same thing, right? You have social media management tools. Look at the data and look at your community, right? Uh, Do you engage with people that are based in other region? And then based on that data, right, uh, then start seeing areas where you could focus, where it would make sense for you to to focus. And then once you have uh, that information, uh, my recommendation is you really to think big but start small. So pick, you know, an area, pick a market and do your homework. And there's a lot of things you can do uh, by doing your homework. So you, you dive into the data, but there's, uh, you know, external resources, whether it's the World Economic Forum, uh, whether, uh, you know, you go to the uh, Department of Commerce. Uh, there's tons of information you can look into to validate your assumptions. And the other thing that is also important is to get in touch with local people. And as entrepreneurs, you are, uh, you know, probably connected to lots of incubators. So I'm going to mention two incubators I know have global footprint like Singularity University or Plug and Play here in the Bay Area. They do have incubators in other part of the world. So you can get in touch with other entrepreneurs to understand how it works from, you know, a cultural, uh, you know, law and regulations, you know, the competitive landscape and artworks, and then adapt your plan. And then um, you probably focus on a couple, a couple of areas and experiment, test, does it work? Do you get some traction? Do you get additional revenue? Yes or no? And then we find. The only caveat I'd say that is really important is if you need customer uh, success uh, support uh, in country, then you will probably need to put some more thoughts in terms of investment resources and budget. If that's not the case, then marketing can lead 
and can test with some programs and with the data uh, go back to uh, the team uh, and then decide if you can scale. But you know what? Revenue is revenue. Growth is good. So whether it's growth outside the US and growth uh, here, just go for it, right? <laughs> you, I want to work with you. <laughs> I want to work with you as well, Brian. <laughs> your attitude is probably just so, you're a bright, shining star. Just go for it. I love it. It is so good. You're like a breath of fresh air. So I, this is so fun. Um, you know, and and the, the next thing I actually wanted to talk to you about was mentorship. So man, to be mentored by you would be even more fun. Um, from your LinkedIn profile, I see that you've done a lot of mentoring across a few different areas like startups and STEM and uh, growth and women in tech. Yes. Uh, what drew you to be a mentor? Yes. So uh, I think there's a lot of uh, talks right now and uh, more opportunities than, than ever on mentorship, Brian. But I think 10 years ago, it was much more informal. So it was much more through word of mouth where you heard about those opportunities. And to me, one thing that proved to be very successful in my career is get out of the office, be just curious, right? And I attended an event where there was a presentation of an amazing program called Tech Woman, uh, which is a mentoring program from the US Department of State's Bureau of Educational and Cultural Affairs, where uh, they pair uh, emerging leaders from Africa, Middle East, Sub-Saharan, um, Central Asia, and South Asia countries with women in leadership role in the Bay Area. So at that time, I was marketing director. I applied. I said, you know, why not? So I applied and I got selected. Mm. Uh, and I got the opportunity to mentor a co-founder of a startup based in Egypt. She spent one month in my company at that time, and she shadowed me for one month. And wow, boy, it was just an eye, um, you know, opener for me because I learned so much uh, from that relationship in terms of uh, giving back, sharing knowledge, perspective and experience. But at the same time, I think I became a better person and a better mm -hmm. leader in terms of developing empathy, understanding differences because she came from a different culture, different religion, et cetera, uh, and bringing that back uh, into my company. And I think it shaped probably my leadership style and really helped me on take on more responsibilities. And since then, uh, I've been involved uh, for many years with the tech woman, so mentoring women in STEM. But I started also uh, mentoring uh, entrepreneurs, so in uh, incubators in the Bay Area, uh, and also being involved uh, uh, in marketing. And I think, uh, and I'm sure you will like it, uh, Brian, to me, um, mentoring is about growing. Mm. And it's about giving back. And if you give, you grow, you learn. But giving leads you to uncharted territories uh, and new opportunities you wouldn't have thought possible. Mm. And that's the power of mentorship. I really feel like we were separated at birth. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels so good to hear somebody say that. It's like when you give 
you, you, it, it just, it feels good. And, and someday it's going to come back in some way. And even if it doesn't, it's, it just, it, it helps other people and you just do it for the goodness of it all. And I just love that. That's so powerful. Um, and it also kind of lends itself into the community piece of what we want. I wanted to talk about with you because it looks like in recent years, you've been active in places like growth ops, like the growth ops, um, community, um, which is another place to, to give, uh, another place to maybe mentor or grow and create. And, and there's so much goodness inside of a community. How's your experience in marketing mentorship coming together or contributed to your efforts in building communities? Yeah, so uh, I think there's a natural connection between mentorship and community. You elaborated about it because uh, so uh, listening Listening to your mentee, listening to your community is something important, right? Engaging, right? I think the, the, the magic that happens within community is within the engagement among members. And that's also something very important, you know, in a mentorship relationship is, you know, the engagement. And then uh, the, the nurturing part where you see things grow because uh, at some point you might springboard a community, uh, but things uh, might take off uh, uh, without uh, you involved or not. And that's where the community stands by itself. So that's to me the connection I, I see between mentorship and communities. And that's probably why uh, it was a natural path for me to help with communities. So, so uh, Tech Woman, I launched the uh, Alumni Network, uh, which is the community uh, back in 2014, which is a community of uh, mentors where we continue to uh, stay connecting among each other and we sustain those relationships uh, after the mentorship program is over. Uh, and and then um, I've been involved recently with the Gwasops. I will talk about it, but let me just go back a little bit to marking and, and, and draw the connection. So what I see in marking, and uh, it is more important than ever, is marking is about helping customers solve their problem. It's about serving the customer right? Uh, and you serve their interest. It happens that your solution, your products uh, are the answer to their problems, but you are dedicated to your customers, right? So naturally, marketing has been involved in communities to lead those communities. So walk the talk. So, you know, lead those communities. You, you're supposed to uh, be marketing to serve those customers, so serve members. And that's where I think uh, I found also uh, a great way to walk the talk with the Gwasops community, where I'm a board member. Uh, I not only sharpen my skills as a marketing leader, uh, but I also do good for the community where, you know, sales, marketing, and customer success get together right, to push the boundaries of uh, what we're seeing, uh, which is a trend, but the emerging um, um, rise of growth operation, in, in some cases, revenue operation. And what it is about, it is about being customer-centric. And how are you customer-centric? By orchestrating, uh, you know, the customer uh, experience among those various functions, whether it's sales, marketing, and customer success. And that's the mission of the Gossips community. Wow. Um, how do you, you talked about the success a little bit, but I'm, I'm curious maybe if we could dive in a little deeper into the measurement of, and, and where do you, where are you looking? 
Can you be more specific? Yeah, when you look at um, the measurement of a, of a successful community, how do you look at what makes a community successful? Yes. So to me, it's not about the the amount of uh, members part of the community. To me, it's about the engagement. Period. Mm-hmm. Right. So whether it's an online community of online offline community, I think on social media that's probably the golden uh, metric is the engagement. Because the engagement means that what you are sharing with that community is meaningful, right? Uh, And people want to participate. They see a value into it. So the engagement, so, you know, uh, how would you measure engagement? Well, do you get meaningful conversation? Do you get, you know, people responding? Do you get people uh, asking questions, right, to other peers without your intervention, for example? That's something uh, very important. So obviously, you want to grow the community because the, the bigger the community is, well, the more interactions you see among members, right? Uh, and if there's more some interaction, then you can say well, it probably be a, a success. But even if uh, uh, if you make an impact on one person, to me, is a success, right? There are so many tweetables in here. I know uh, it's just going to be like um, a, a tweetable uh, extravaganza of, of <laughs> little uh, fun areas that people I know will love when they, they hear this. Um, and you just uh, you just reminded me that that. The, the community engagement is the most important. I couldn't agree more. What I'm curious about is how to encourage that, how to, how to build that, how to, how to create more of it. Yes. Uh, and uh, to me, it's, it's a journey. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's also a notion of context. So, for example, building a community right now purely online versus a mix of online and offline is also very different. So uh, so it's about, you know, uh, you know, sharing valuable things. So what what matters to your community? So really understanding your community, their center of interest, because you obviously share things in common. So uh, you have to. Uh, uh, you know, serve those members. So share those content without anything in return and then uh, uh, suggest conversation. So there's some mechanism you can do. You can use polls, you can use some questions uh, to uh, encourage that. And, you know, of course you need to find those guinea pig at the beginning that will, you know, just uh, jump into the pool and, uh, you know, encourage other people to participate. And the other thing also to me, it's uh, creating a safe environment environment for those members uh, where it's non-judgmental. So we welcome different point of view. We welcome different opinion. If people respect uh, each other, that's how that community thrive. So uh, encouraging that. Uh, ideally, if you can get some, um, you know, community ambassadors, people that, you know, can spur those conversations, could through local chapters or, you know, can participate in specific channels. Uh, that's fantastic. Wow, there's so much goodness here. Um, last question that I had here, um, 
about this piece because I really think that this is community to me is one of the one of the, like the super uh, superpowers that a company could have um, to skyrocket. Like if you did nothing else and you built a community, um, you almost uh, you know let's just say you didn't have a budget and and all you had was you know at the tips of your fingers a, the possibility of building a community that would be a, a, you know not not the full scale marketing that you could do but but it would be enough to keep a company going and grow it do you agree Totally. And um, I have two examples to mind. Sorry, I promise that's the last time I mentioned Salesforce.com. No, but their trailblazer yeah. community is awesome. So, okay, you say it's a large company, but, uh, you know, even if you're a small startup or, you know, you just want to launch a, a community uh, with, you know, friends or you know, people in the same industry, look at what salesforce.com is doing. And you and I are marketers, uh, uh, Brian, so HubSpot is doing also an amazing job. So they have the HubSpot Academy where they offer uh, training. So, well, it's, you know, uh, at a certain time, well, brush up your skills. So you have this opportunity to that community. But what is also interesting is the opportunity to participate in their uh, product roadmap also as well. So they really listen and they welcome also those suggestions. So to me, it's not only having a pulse on your customers, but it's also getting uh, extremely valuable feedback for your product roadmap. What else can I do to improve the customer experience? What else can I do to uh, bring value to my customers? And uh, you have a direct line with your customers. You don't have to go through media. You, you talk directly to the customer. And what a best way, right? What, there's no better way to me than the voice of the customer directly. And you can do that through those communities. Well, you just melted my heart. Everything <laughs> that you just said is right in line with where I'm at. And, and I couldn't thank you enough for just being here and sharing your knowledge about uh, community and marketing and, um, and just being a, a really awesome human being. Um, like I said before, man, you just bring such great energy to, uh, to, to, well, to this interview and to everything that you do. Thank you so much. Uh, and and, and uh, Leadtail thanks you for being here and being on the, the interview. Yes, and uh, Brian, thank you so much because uh, you've been a role model for all of us. You've been a strong advocate about the value of community. You have uh, embedded what community is about, you know, being authentic, genuine, mm -hmm. and, and I think it paved the way for uh, lots of marketers. Uh, Sometimes it's not by reinventing, but it's by taking the greatness the good things of what people are doing and you just do it in a different environment in a different industry right with a different community right but learn from the best and i think uh, building communities is uh, it's an area where we can all learn from you oh well thank you so 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 much i really appreciate that and uh, even though it's human to zoom to human right now uh, <laughs> it's still about humans so um yes absolutely thank you so much and thank you again for being here thank you uh, my pleasure Hi everyone, Spencer here on the Leadtail team. We want to thank Cecile Therion for being our guest on the show today. If you'd like to continue the conversation, tweet us on Twitter at Leadtail or our guest at Cecile SF. 
interested in learning more about the growth ops community check them out at growthopscommunity.org if you want to see the full video interview series you can find this episode and more at leaddaletv.com please make sure to subscribe to us on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts have ideas for the show do you know someone who would be great to be a guest drop us a line at studios at leaddale.com thanks